following is a production of Word Alive Creative Arts. Welcome to the podcast of Word Alive International Outreach in Oxford, Alabama, an apostolic center for transformation and freedom. We pray today that you will be blessed and strengthened by this powerful message. As we continue this journey on Isaiah 54, keep reading it, keep praying it. We're in 90 days of it. I don't know what day we're in uh, of it, uh, uh, but we're, I don't know, 20, 30 days in. I don't know how many days we're actually in, but the prophet prophesied we'd have 90 days, which I believe takes us all the way to the new Hebraic year through the Day of Atonement. So now's the time. So touch your neighbor say, keep pressing on in. Tell them, keep pressing on in. Just keep pressing on in. I saw this uh, quote this week from Doug Addison, somebody I follow online that's pretty cool. And it said these, these words. Let's put up the uh, second screen, the second shot if you don't mind. Don't back down or break down because your breakthrough is coming now. Yes. So reach over and touch somebody else and say, I'm enjoying touching you today. So don't <laughs> tell them don't back down. Don't break down. Because your breakthrough is coming now. You know, I really believe that. So touch the person on the other side now and tell them again, don't back down. Don't break down. Because your breakthrough is coming now. This is a now season. It's a now moment. Now, I had to kind of grab my hold to myself this week because if you're like me, even though we're in a now moment, I felt some things this week challenging me. Anybody felt challenged this week around something? Preaching to the right crowd today. So I had to pause a minute and I said, wait a minute, Lord. You said it's a now season. And I wasn't looking for this to happen now. Come on. I was looking for something else to happen now. And I got, I got in it for about a 24-hour period, and I kind of wallowed in it a minute, and then I had to grab hold of myself and say, hang on a minute, Kent. The prophet said, whatever challenges you, you challenge it. And the word says, if anything attacks you in this season, don't for one minute believe it's coming from me. So I just decree over mine in your life right now, whatever tried to challenge us this week, we challenge you and we say no weapon formed against us shall prosper. And we decree and declare no matter what we see in the natural, it is our now moment and our breakthrough is now and we decree it and we release it and we shout yes for the victory in Jesus' name. Woo! So I want to revisit the prayer of Jabez with you for a few moments. Jabez is a powerful story in Scripture where a man named Jabez in 1 Chronicles 4 whose name means born in pain. That's what the name Jabez means. It's an obscure passage of Scripture that's found. In, in, can, can we unplug that filter I'm sorry that sound of water is making me have to pee, and it's going to be bad. I'm, all, I'm so sorry, Mom. My mom always gets, my mom's up. But I'm just telling you the truth. If I keep listening to that water, I'm going to have to pee, and y'all going to have to have somebody else preach while I get back. So if we could maybe shut her down just till I get through, it would be very helpful. 
Sorry, it's psychological. That's, you know, you turn that water on, it's just like, hmm. That's what I do at home. You know, when I can't pee, I turn the water on. You know, it helps you go. And so it's, I've conditioned my mind to it. Sorry, I know it's too much information, but I'm just telling you, it is what it is. My breakthrough should not come now. It should hold on till I get, let me get through the message, and then I'll, we'll get that. Thank you so much. I was feeling the unction to function. All right. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Jabez, some say, it actually goes on to say that he was more honorable than all of his brothers. A lot of the commentators say that even though he was born in a situation that caused pain, the reason he was more honorable than his brothers is he was so desperate for God. That's what caused him to be honorable because he had such a des desperate desire not to live in that pain and not to be someone who causes that pain to continue. That tells me no matter how painful our past has been, no matter what we've been through, God can step into our lives and can bring a blessing in our lives and change that whole situation till we never repeat those cycles again. So this is a powerful prayer, and I just want to dive into it just for a minute so when we pray it, continue to pray it, that we know exactly what we're praying. Here's what it says. Well, let me back up. Let me read Isaiah 54, verse 2 and 3, because that's been a powerful point for us. It says, enlarge the place of your tent. Somebody say enlarge. And let them stretch. Somebody say stretch. Stretch out the curtains of your dwellings. Do not spare. Lengthen. Somebody say lengthen. Lengthen your cords and somebody say strengthen. Strengthen your stakes for you shall expand. Somebody shout expand. You'll expand to the right, to the left, and your descendants will inherit the nations and make the desolate cities inhabited. Enlarge, stretch, lengthen, strengthen, and expand. That's where we're at spiritually speaking right now. And so Jabez, the prayer of Jabez goes like this. Jabez, Jabez cried out to the God of Israel, Oh, that you would bless me and enlarge my territory. Let your hand be with me and keep me from harm so that I'm free from pain. And God granted his request. Let's jump to the next screen because I've already mentioned it and then move on to the next. What does it mean, bless me indeed? Jump. One more. One more screenshot. Thanks. Bless me indeed. To bless in the biblical sense means to ask for or to impart supernatural favor. Let's understand what it means. When we ask for God's blessing, we're not asking for more of what we can do for ourselves. We're crying out for the wonderful, unlimited goodness that only God has the power to know about or to give us. This kind of riches is what the writer in Proverbs said when he says, The Lord's blessing will make you rich and add no sorrow with it. So when we're asking God for a blessing in this season, I'm not asking God just to make me better. I'm not asking God just to help me just pay my bills and just stay afloat. I'm not asking God to give me just strength to do my job. That, that I'm asking, when I'm saying God bless me indeed, I'm saying God 
do something for me and my family so supernatural that everybody around me says, that had to be God that did that right there. That's what we're asking for. We're asking for such a blessing that, that people around you say, that, that had to be God. Only God could have done that for them or her or him. See, we don't understand blessing like the Bible was written in blessing. When we sneeze, we say, God bless you. You know, uh, We bless our food. But that's not the blessing that this is talking about. This is talking about a favor that once it gets on you, you can't get it off. And then all of a sudden, you just walk into situations, and for some reason, you're supposed to be on bottom, and you wind up on top. Somehow, you get things you don't deserve, and you, 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 you get favored, you get blessed. This is why Isaac was, you know, lied for the blessing. He, they, he knew what it meant to, to have a blessing on his life. Isaiah 51 says this about Abraham. It says, God blessed him alone, and he became a great nation. So we're not asking God just to make us more comfortable or make us better. We're ask, actually asking God to bless us way above and beyond what we could even think, dream, or imagine or do for ourselves. Let's stay here just a minute because I want you to go there with me. Like begin to dream about what it would look like to be blessed. Dream about what it would look like to have rest on every side. Dream about what it would look like not just for your bills paid, but a bunch of money laying around. Just dream. I'm not saying it's happening today. I'm just saying dream with me. What would that feel like? That you didn't even have to think about helping somebody. You just had the resources ready. You know, big old blessing. Not, that you, not just that you could pay the mortgage, your house is paid off. Yeah, think. Like blessed. Like, like really blessed. Like you're embarrassed to tell somebody how much you got. Like I, I couldn't tell you all God did, it'd be embarrassing. Now I'm not just talking about fine, I'm not just talking about just money now. I mean, that's just a part of it. I'm just talking about in general. I mean, can you imagine a season of just being healthy, filled with the Spirit, plenty of resources to do what you're called to do, some good friends around you, Kids doing well. Boss is happy with you. You got favor. You're prospering. And you're just walking in a large place. You got some Holy Ghost swag. Because you're blessed. And it humbles you because you didn't do anything to get it. And you're, in no, you're under no pressure because you're not telling him how much and you're not telling him how to do it or what to do you're just saying whatever that looks like for, see what's blessed for you is not blessed for me what's blessed for you is not blessed for you we all God's designed us all and different stuff blesses me that doesn't bless you and different stuff blesses you that doesn't bless me so I'm not dictating to God give me certain things I'm just saying get me get a blessing and whatever that looks like whatever that feels like whatever my portion is I just don't want to leave anything behind I want everything God has for me and mine to get on me and get on my house and let me walk in it 
I want people to testify about you. I don't know what's going on with them. I tell you this, they're blessed. In your neighborhood, people say, I don't know who they are, but I can tell you this, they're blessed. I tell you that about old Kent. He may have to pee during church, but he's blessed. He's just blessed. There's a power in being blessed. So when we're praying this week, God bless us indeed. Don't just be asking for a little. Just let God determine how much it is. But say it with great courage and great faith. Lord, I'm expecting bless me indeed. So let's go ahead right now and throw our hands up and just say, Lord, bless me indeed. And, and we know it's blessing to be a blessing. Because the second prayer says, enlarge my territory. Oh God and King, please expand my opportunities. That's what he's praying. Expand my opportunities and my impact in such a way that I touch more lives for your glory. Let me do more for you. And when you pray like this, things get exciting. So we're not just praying, Lord, just bless me. We're saying, Lord, enlarge my territory. Not only me, let me do more for others in you than I've ever done any time in any other season in my life. So this isn't a selfish prayer. I'm wanting to get it, yes, but I'm not wanting to get it just for me. I'm wanting to get it so God can expand my territory of influence, of blessing, that I can bless other people. Whatever our gifts, education, or vocation might be, our calling is to do God's work on the earth. If you want, you can call it living out your faith for others. You can call it ministry. You can call it every Christian's day job. But whatever you call it, God is looking for people who want to do more of it. Because sadly, most believers seem to shrink from living at this level of blessing and influence. Unfortunately, a lot of us just get to the place... Where we just want our blessing to get us, and then whatever little extra we have, we can do for others. But, he, but Jabez is praying in such a way that God not only did get this blessing on me, so I can enlarge my sphere of influence to be a blessing to others. I was so blessed recently, and I, I'm, I won't use names to embarrass people, but this happened in my church. I witnessed it with my own eyes. A single mom in our church has gotten so in touch with God and so blessed. This act of generosity just floored me the other day. A guy came up to me, and he's, he's going through a very difficult season in his life. He said, Kent, and he just, he's just going through a lot. He said, Kent, you're not going to believe what happened. He told me this, this girl's name, who I know is a single mother, you know, supporting her, raising her children by herself. She came to this guy going through a difficult time and gave him her credit card. He said, whatever you need in this season of your life, Put it on that. I'll take care of it. Now, I don't know about you, but I ain't giving nobody my credit card. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> what kind of gener... Who, who, who lives in that kind of place that you're so blessed? I'm talking about a single mom. 
that you somehow have found a place of blessing and faith in God that you ain't worried about just you and yours, but you're able to walk up and say, here, whatever you need, let me handle it until you get in a better place. Now, I don't know about you, but I want to get a part of a community who can live like that, who are so big and enlarged in spirit that the Bible says in Acts 2, nobody lacked among them because they were living under this massive blessing where everybody was functioning and enlarging their territory. Touch your neighbor and say, give me your credit card this season. I'm on, that's a bold, that's a bold move. That's a bold move. And, and said, don't hesitate. Whatever you need for you and your children, I'll handle it. I love that. That makes me want to jump like Davy with a white guitar. <laughs> now, our reluctance comes from getting our numbers wrong, our numbers right, but our arithmetic completely wrong. Because here's what we think we think God will bless us and enlarge us this way my abilities plus experience plus training plus personality and appearance plus my past, plus my expectations of others equals my assigned territory. Yet the Bible says it's not by might. It is not by power, but it's by my spirit. So actually, God's arithmetic says my willingness and weakness. See, the reason Jabez was praying, he was a man who was born in pain and realized his own weaknesses. And he realized outside of God's blessings, he would not get the job done. He realized in his own strength and willpower and character, he didn't have the ability to live under a blessing in an expanded territory. But he knew that if he could get a hold of God and get God on his life, it would be my willingness and weakness plus God's will and supernatural power that will expand my territory. So touch your neighbor and say, your weakness and your willingness plus God's power expands your territory. Catherine Kuhlman used to say, God's not looking for golden vessels. God's not looking for silver vessels. God's looking for yielded vessels. Use me, God, to be a blessing to others. My weakness and my willingness plus God's power. I thought of this story again this week. I've told it before here, I think, but it's worth telling again. Bev and I were just getting started traveling and ministering, and we were preaching all over the place. I just left... 15 Russians in an office building preaching for five days to 15 Russians. And uh, this guy says, would you go to Latvia? And I said, I've never heard of Latvia. He said, well, I think you should go. And I was like, I didn't know where it was. I had to go get those spinning globe out, you know. We didn't, I, that was way before Google. You, know, you had to spin the globe to find out where you were. And so, you know, I <laughs> found Latvia, you know, way down. The, next thing you know, I get an email from a guy named Igor. Next thing you know, Bev and I show up in a place called Latvia. Get in there, there's 5,000 Slavic people in the city auditorium. God says, you're the keynote speaker. I said, no, no, I'm low note speaker. I said, I don't know much about this keynote business because I know I'm not it. He goes, that's what the pastor said. And there was guys there, great men of God, renowned, had a name and a reputation. And me, nobody, I'm keynote speaker. I'm scared to death. 
I show up the first night, and by the grace of God, it went well. I'm thinking, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Next morning, I come relieved that I got the message out and, you know, didn't make a fool of myself and da 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 And I'm sitting there just minding my own business, and one of the big dogs are preaching. And I'm thinking, it's going to be powerful. So I'm sitting there, and all of a sudden, he says, Kent Maddox, come here. And he was a renowned prophet. I think, I'm about to get me a word. <laughs> well, I got jumped up, you know, I got... He said, the Lord spoke to me, you're to preach this morning instead of me. <laughs> Lord, have mercy. You know how it is when you're afraid and your mind goes blank? So I'm standing there in front of 5,000 people. And he says, God, you know, and I'm like, I wish God had told me. <laughs> I literally cannot pull anything up. So I'm just standing there. Now, he's behind me, and he's like, whatever the Lord tells you. Because <laughs> I'm frozen in fear, just 5,000 people. I finally find the courage just to step up, like walk, take a step up. And I, do, I started talking about how much I love Jesus or something like that. About five minutes, I was talking about Jesus and the glory of God. <sighs> filled that auditorium so powerfully, it knocked me down on the stage, then I heard boom, 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 boom. I looked up, 5,000 people are on their faces in the glory of God, getting healed, getting delivered, getting set free, getting transformed. My first thought was, God, you are awesome. My second thought was, and you came through for me. <laughs> well, the video of that goes all throughout the Slavic world. And I wound up preaching in every nation because one moment, my weakness and willingness connected with his power and goodness, and God expanded my. It can happen in business. It can happen in ministry. It can happen in your marriage. It can happen in school. When your willingness and weakness meets God's power, he will expand your territory. Touch two or three people say, I'm about to expand. Tell them. So don't be thinking this prayer is about us getting it all right. This prayer is just us getting under a blessing and believing that God can enlarge our territory with his grace and with his power. Third and quickly. Oh, let's lift our hands. Lord, enlarge my territory. Ooh. Lift them again. Lord, my weakness and my willingness plus your power is expanding my territory. Amen. Woo! Third, quickly. Oh, that your hand would be with me. In seeking God's blessing, let, let's skip over about three slides. One more. One, yeah, I like that one. The hand of the Lord is a biblical term for God's power and presence in the lives of his people. You can see in Joshua 4.24, Isaiah 59.1, in Acts, the book of Acts, the phenomenal success of the early church was attributed to one thing. It says the hand of the Lord was with them. 
a great number believed and turned to the Lord, Acts eleven twenty one. If you remember, it says they started getting persecuted by the, uh, by the religious sect. And they said, God, would you please stretch forth your hand and do signs and wonders and miracles among us. A more specific New Testament description for God's hand is the filling of the Holy Spirit. The church's growth bears powerful witness to both the necessity and the availability of the hand of God to accomplish the business of God. And so once God's hand gets on you, his hand speaks of protection, provision. His hand speaks of his power. So if you go back through the scriptures and relook, every time it says the hand of the Lord was upon this person. The hand of the Lord came upon this prophet. The hand of the Lord came here. The hand of the Lord is when the, when the blessings of God get on you and your territory starts getting expanded. Now the power, the might of God is on your life and it's what's causing things to happen. And actually you start being led by an unseen hand. What I love about the hand of the Lord is he's moving me like a piece of uh, uh, one of the chest the Lord is always positioning me. Sometimes I think a door's closing. I get, I get up frustrated about it. But Lord's, what the Lord's done, he's took his hand. Mm -mm. So I'm going this way and the Lord's hand's on me. See, when the Lord's hand's on you, he... Mm -mm. His hand's on you. So you, when you start to get out from under his direction, he'll just slide... Man, when you get the Lord's hand on your life, the only thing I'm really afraid, I'm not afraid of a lot of things, but I'm afraid of one thing, if the Lord should ever take his hand off of me. That scares the daylights out of me because I know how bad I could mess this thing up. I went to a men's conference. Everybody's preaching about you got to be a good husband, you got to be good this, got to be good that. And I said, I just got to have the hand of the Lord because I'm 24 hours from destruction without him. Hand of the Lord, get off my life. I can be back on cocaine just as quick as you can snap your fingers. I know the only thing that keeps me from that is his hand. And it's, his hand is mighty. I'm not afraid of going back on drugs. I'm afraid of his hand leaving my life. That's all I'm afraid of. Because I know as long as his hand's on me, I'm, I'm fine. But boy, if he ever, and I felt it sometimes. Boy, that's a frightening feeling when you start Lord, uh, uh, no, whatever, uh-uh, let's, let's get this back. <laughs> Precious when the hand of the Lord's on somebody. And it manifests so powerfully. So just like yesterday, uh, I, I got this old, how many of you were here when we did the church directory? Like 20 years ago? I saw some of y'all. Y'all look, look different than you do now. <laughs> I got that church directory out, and I was like, Lord, have mercy. <laughs> it was the funniest thing. I started flipping through it. And uh, some of us were young, but my hair was black, and it, I mean, it was, it was wild. And uh, anyway, I was flipping through it, and the guy that's moved to Florida from here, I hadn't seen him in a decade, 10 years, he just, his face just came right off the page, like, of all the people, this one man and his family, and I thought, where's he been, and what is he doing? Just thought, 
been gone for a decade, living in a whole different state. Sitting there. Oh, interesting. Just kind of meditated on it a minute. Then went on. So next day, I'm about to go to lunch with somebody. That was yesterday. And we're headed up to this place to go to lunch. And the guy that we were going to lunch with said, no, let's go to this other place. I said, why? He goes, I don't know. Let's go over there. Walk over there. I walk in the door. And the guy who saw, I saw his picture was sitting there. I walked up to him and I said what in the world are you doing he told me what he's doing and what he's doing is a key piece of what I need for what we need to get done here hand of the Lord we think it's insignificant Lord says no you're not going to eat there you're going to eat here because I got this guy that's going to meet you and your willingness and weakness plus my power in my hand. Boom. Touch three people say, I want to live like that. <laughs> Lift your hands. Lord, that your hand would rest on me and my family. Amen. That's powerful, isn't it? Last, keep me from evil that I do not cause pain. His last request is a brilliant strategy for sustaining the blessed life. When was the last time you asked God to keep you away from temptation? In the same way that God wants you to ask for more blessing, more territory, more power, he longs to hear you plead for safekeeping from evil. Seldom do we think about, God didn't say pray that you could be delivered out of temptation. He said pray that you would be delivered from temptation. In other words, Lord, don't keep me not just in temptation. Keep me from actually even being tempted. Keep me from that which you know is my weakness, which would pull me into a th place that I don't need to be. So God, not only is he praying for a blessing and territory being increased and his hand being appointed, but Lord, now, since I am blessed, and since my territory is increased, see, the enemy never wants to take us out when we're on the bottom. He wants to take us out when we're on the top. Nobody ever leaves God in time of lack. We're tempted to leave God in times of abundance. Why? We get to a place and we think it's our success and our money and all the stuff we got that's keeping us and we forget whose hands. We can never get to the place where we don't need God to keep us from temptation. The Bible says, when others fall, be merciful and restore them because you might fall yourself. And so what was powerful is he not only prayed for these blessings, but prayed, Lord, keep me from any area of temptation that would try to connect to my weakness. Lord, keep me from making the mistakes I'm most prone to when temptation comes. I confess that I think what I think is necessary, smart, or personally beneficial is so often only the beautiful wrapping on sin. So please... Keep me far from evil. God can do that. 
God can stop temptation before it gets to your door. God can shield your eyes. Job said, I've made a covenant with my eyes that I might not sin against you. David said, I have hid my word in your heart that I might not sin against you. God wants to keep us from those things that would love to attach themselves to our weaknesses and destroy us or pull us down or pull us out of the blessing of the Lord. But we don't often think, but the Lord's Prayer actually teaches us, doesn't it? Let your kingdom come, let your will be done on earth as it's been done in heaven. Give us our daily bread. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those trespasses against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. So, Lord, we lift our hands today. And we say, Lord, keep us from evil that we do not cause pain. Lead us not into temptation but deliver us from all evil in Jesus' name. Amen. And it ends with, and God granted what he requested. <laughs> God granted what he requested. This scripture jumped out at me this week. Because I'm, I'm thinking, Lord, if it's an now season, and if it's Isaiah 54, why do I even have to pray about it? Which I thought was a great question. And then this scripture jumped out at me, Zechariah 10, 1. Do we have that? It's the next to the last slide. Ask the Lord for rain in the season of rain. Ask the Lord for rain. In the se- if it's the season of rain, why are you asking for rain? So the Lord says, in, what's he saying to us? Ask for the right thing in the right season. The Lord makes the rain clouds and he will give them showers of rain and crops in the field for everyone. I believe we can miss a season by not knowing what to ask for in the right season. We couldn't have prayed the prayer of Jabez in another season. When God's got you in captivity and confinement because he's working on you, don't be praying the prayer of Jabez. Because he's not enlarging you, he's downsizing you. Paul said, I've learned how to be a base and I've learned how to abound. If it's a season where the Lord's downsizing us and putting us in confinement because he's working on us, then we need to pray for grace and endurance and the, and the power to continue the journey. But when we get to this season, don't be praying for the Lord to, to help you like you've been praying in the old season. This isn't the season to pray anything other than this way. Lord, bless me indeed. Enlarge my territory. Let your hand be upon me. Keep me from temptation that I don't cause harm. This is the time to pray for enlargement and blessing and all this good stuff that God wants to do in our life because God is going to re- grant our request in this season in Jesus' name. Amen. This has been a presentation of Word Alive International Outreach, 122 Allendale Road, Oxford, Alabama. Reach us by phone at 256-831-5280 or at our website, wordalive.org. This has been a production of Word Alive Creative Arts.